0: Oh, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Respawn Name Fire, Kickass kick-ass gaming podcast from Raffle Idiots. I'm your host, Adam. He's doing it all um, from downtown. He's on fire. And today I have with me Alex. What's on the top of your shelf, Gozina?
1: You'll find out. <laughs> Possibly next weekend. Depends how soon my standing desk uh, extender arrives. I don't know what it's actually called. It's a standing desk thingamabob that turns your normal desk into a standing desk. Very cool. You know what really the most interesting part
0: is I did that whole intro without... Uh, by the way, Smitty, Chad's not here. The mice... No, wait. He's the cat. He's away. So us, the mice, will play. Um, I did that whole intro without looking at my thing because I didn't have my thing up because I'm doing 10 things at once. Um, catch us live on twitch.tv Sunday evenings at 8.30 Eastern Time. YouTube podcast services Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Um, Chad's dead. Upcoming uh, <laughs> on today's show. Basically a lot of news that came out around Nintendo Direct. There's some things that aren't related to Nintendo Direct. Maybe E3's dead for real, for real. But first, we'll just get into it. Nintendo Direct Thoughts. It happened Wednesday? Last Wednesday? Hell yeah, it did. It happened Wednesday morning. Yeah, and we decided to do it the same way that we did the Summer's Game Fest stuff, where it's like, hey, what is interesting to you? Um, And we're going to talk about that instead of just going through a list. So, Alex, I'm going to let you start first because
1: I am multitasking five different things and I need a second to catch up. Sure. So uh, I do want to say right up front, I thought this Nintendo Direct was good. I th- think that the first ten minutes or so were a little bit rough. There were a lot of announcements in those first ten minutes that I don't think really spoke to myself or anyone else. I thought the news concerning the like Pokemon. Uh, Scarlet and Violet DLC. It, it just, it went on for too long and it didn't contain enough pertinent to, or like super relevant information that I feel like most of us really wanted out of it. Um, but I felt like once it got to the halfway point, the Direct really kind of hit its stride. And once we got into the final 10 minutes, I thought it was like, bam, 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 it, good announcement after good announcement. Ultimately, the announcements out of this Direct that I think matter the most, you know, a lot of them are very like Mario centric, Mario franchisey announcements. And if you're not a fan of Mario, I can see why you might walk away from this direct being like, "Ah, this wasn't really for me." But like, it can't be denied that the quality of games shown off and announced in this direct were great. Um, but the first game I actually wanted to talk about that piqued my interest in the direct was you. yes. Quick question
0: before we go on. Yes, um, I under- I agree with your your sentiment about the show. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I understand Nintendo is more of a kid-friendly company, mm-hmm. family-facing ideas. Yes. right? Does it bother you, the presentation? So I was watching, so I didn't watch it live, because I don't yeah. watch most of these live. Afterwards, I'm going through watching the trailers, and it was a lot of, there's like a, a 40-year-old man just like talking us through the trailer, and I know Nintendo does that a lot. They're like, I, you yeah. Know, I, how do you feel about that presentation,
1: see here's the thing i actually think that nintendo might have cracked a code on how to present games better than almost any other like studio out there out there that does these nintendo direct style showcases i feel like microsoft like shows off trailers very well but i feel like they're often lacking in a lot of context and extra information sony i feel like it kind of varies or i feel like sometimes they have too little information sometimes they I feel like they go on for a little bit long. Like we'll get into it with some of the examples we're gonna bring up, but watching this direct, I feel like each trailer like communicated enough to me visually and through the narration from the 40-year-old man as much information as I feel like I needed about each particular thing. Were there some moments where the voice got a little bit grating? I mean, yeah, but like overall, like I I I can't say that I have a lot of complaints about it.
0: No, it's just an interesting thing I noticed with them because, yeah, most other people do it like in the interstitials between trailers, right? Um, but they do it during it, which I thought was interesting. It's not a, an issue with me; I just thought it was interesting they did. But go ahead and real let's go talk, ahead and talk about your stuff though. Uh,
1: okay. I will say, like real talk, I. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of when they do it during the interstitials. Anytime they're like, hey, let's show you this trailer for a game, and then they spend five minutes after the trailer talking about the game, I'm like, oh, come on, just please move on to whatever's next. Please, please. That's just me, though. Um, First game of the showcase that really piqued my interest, Detective Pikachu Returns. This is the sequel to the original Detective Pikachu on the 3DS. Visually, the game looks a little bit on the rough side. The original Detective Pikachu on the 3DS was actually very impressive for its platform. This one doesn't look quite as impressive, but it is cool that we're seeing a full-blown continuation of this series, because when we last heard about this project, the way that they phrased what this was going to be, it it seemed to suggest that they were just going to make like an enhanced or expanded version of the original Detective Pikachu that had a little bit more story content. So it's cool we're getting a sequel. I still Hope that at some point we get the original Detective Pikachu on the Switch, though. Which, as far as I can tell, was not part of this announcement. I didn't hear any scuttlebutt about that after the direct, so fingers crossed on that. Um, next up, we got a game that I know Chad would be ranting and raving about if he was here on the podcast to talk about us with it. He himself. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario RPG uh, The Remake. Um, this was a game way back in the day that I actually purchased for for my local used game space so I could play on my original Super Nintendo. It was actually, it was kind of a crappy situation because this was, I want to say, like 2006 or 7. It was a couple of years before Super Mario RPG was made available on the original Wii virtual console for like $8. And so I paid 10 times that amount to play it on a Super Nintendo cartridge. But you know what? honestly it was worth it because i had a great time with that game back in the day and i am really looking forward to checking out this remake uh i will say visually i do appreciate how they've like shortened all the characters in this game they look quite squat and quite cute kind of was hoping that maybe they'd lean a little bit further into a slightly more stylized visual style um but the glow up uh, on this game still looks really impressive. Like I don't know how many screenshots you've looked into into this game, but like uh, in the original Super Mario RPG on the SNES, uh, like basically outside of the kind of boundaries of all the worlds that you would explore, there would just be like a colored void to represent. A lack of like area that you could walk around in and that has been like completely touched up and filled with like greenery and environmental thingamabobs and whatnot it looks great and I am very much looking forward to this one I guess it's not really on your radar no it's a big one I mean
0: on my radar as far as like again I never played that game back then I don't have nostalgia for it but I know it's a huge deal and the trailer looks really good I was like oh yeah that looks like a if I want to get a remake of a Super NES game this is the way I want to do it um I prefer this art style to like Link's Awakening, which I thought looked cool. But at the end of the day, I prefer just like making it prettier and common, or uh, more mm. modern. Uh, and everyone's favorite, you know, D tier uh, celebrity Geno's here. So I know people will be happy about yeah. that. He's
1: <laughs> finally back. Chad's favorite uh, person in the world. Hell yeah! And and an honorary Italian, uh, according to the poll I put out on my Twitter account. Ah. Question: uh, Is he a puppet? Yes. Is he is he just like yes. So he's a knockoff he is, Pinocchio. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't care about spoilers, right? God, no.
0: Okay, spoilers ahead he's for thirty
1: year old game. Everybody, he's originally a kid's like doll slash action figure. A star from the land of stars comes down to the Mushroom Kingdom and basically possesses the doll. And in mm. doing so, enlarges the doll to human size or yeah. Mario size or whatever. And then from there, he accompanies you on your adventure because the idea is that you're trying to collect and reunite all the stars from throughout the realm. And the star that's inhabiting Geno's body is like, well... I obviously care very much about having the stars be reunited. So I will accompany you so that we can defeat the ultimate evil and, you know, we're always possessed. Order the he's world. not
0: even like a real person. He's just possessed by a star. Correct. Oh, wow. That's awful. The one thing I did notice was the, I don't know why I know this clip. Maybe it was a speed mm-hmm. run or something when Mario's like behind the drapes and they like try to find Mario behind the drapes. I recognize yeah. that. I don't know why that memory's in my head, but there it is.
1: Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Right after that, we got a very brief tease of a Super Princess Peach game. We actually don't even know if it's called Super Princess Peach. I only called it that because that's what the last uh, Peach game was called. By any chance, did you play Super Princess Peach? Hmm. What was that on? Uh, The DS. It was like an early
0: DS game. No. I mean, I've played. Okay. So in Super Mario Brothers 2, I only
1: played as Peach. But Mm. that's not Super Princess Peach. So no, I have not played the game you're talking about. So the original Super Princess Peach is an interesting game because, like I said, it came out, like, early on during the DS's life cycle. That's, you know, quite a few years before, I feel like. We, as gamers, had like a big international conversation about the way that women are often represented in video games, about how characters like Peach and Zelda are often damsels in distress that have to be rescued by a male protagonist. You would think that Super Princess Peach would kind of be a bit of a forward-thinking game, given you know how early it came out, but the actual game itself is kind of problematic. The thing about that game is all of Princess Peach's powers are all based on emotions, and so you have her sad emotion, in which she cries and her tears create new platforms or something. It's been like a while since I've looked into the game, but like nowadays in 2023 the game doesn't really fly, and so it's cool that Nintendo is seemingly taking uh, another shot at the Princess Peach platformer to do right by her character. Oh hey, there's that show that the one actor got fired from because he might have participated in the January 6th rally. Uh-oh. Adam, I think your microphone... Sorry, my bad. Sucked. I was
0: muted. No. So, a chat asked, said, show me your Bob's. I want to see your Bob's. So, it's a picture of Bob Burgers. The guy who got oh. fired from Bob's Burgers for the January 6th stuff is not in these pictures. He actually plays okay. Jimmy uh, Pesto, who has not spoken in the show in about three years because of that man's actions. So...
1: Alright. Fair enough. <laughs> see, all that to say obviously there's not a lot of information to go off of with this princess peach game but hopefully this will serve as an opportunity for nintendo to make up for some of the original super princess Peach's wrongs and deliver a more satisfying experience um next year right after that that's all we know is just yes okay they confirmed it's 2024 and i mean the game's pretty early on again we didn't see a lot of footage but like i can't imagine this game like Getting pushed back to like 2025 or something. Last but question: You never know. Did they yes. say
0: specifically that's a Switch game?
1: Uh, that's a good point. They didn't even say that, hmm. or did they? I don't know. Hmm. I can do some research hmm. real quick as you speak because I wonder. Sure, I wonder. A game that we do know is coming out on the Nintendo Switch is Pikmin Four. um Game looked pretty solid. I got to be honest, I didn't walk away from uh their big showcase of Pikmin Four in this direct being like, oh man, I can't wait. I am. 100% going to pick up Pikmin 4 at some point after its releases. I fully expect to have a great time with it, given that I had a great time with Pikmin 1, 2, and 3. Kind of looks like more Pikmin. doesn't feel like there's a whole ton of stuff in the game that, like, is utterly revolutionary, outside of the stuff about being able to explore the world at night. Um, but... I I gotta give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt in this case, because they knocked it out of the park the past three times. They didn't do so good with the one 3DS Pikmin game, which was, I want to say that one was Hey Pikmin, Um, but that wasn't really developed by the same team, so I don't, I kind of disregard that. Did you get an update on the Princess Peach situation?
0: Yeah, I see like a screenshot for it, and they're talking about it. it looks like a throwback to Paper Mario, but I don't see anything saying Switch or not Switch, though. Yeah, it just it says could new be, game, 2024. I mean, I
1: could see it releasing on both the original Switch and whatever the Switch's successor is going to be. Nintendo like, announces being,
0: solo game. I just can't find anything to say that it is or not. Oh, no, wait a minute. I can. It says for Switch 2022.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I can see it releasing on both, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the successor a little bit later. Um A little bit after Pikmin 4, we got an update on Metal Gear Solid The Master Collection Volume 1. Um, So here's the thing. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because in this uh, little announcement trailer about The Master Collection's contents, uh, they revealed uh, that Metal Gear, the NES port of the original game, and the NES exclusive sequel to Metal Gear that's not part of Kojima's canon, which is called snake's revenge i want to say Mm yeah snake's revenge uh both those games will be included in the master collection as well now i'm not a like super huge fan of either of the two games that we just listed don't know if i've ever played them but what's significant about this is The last Metal Gear Solid collection that we got back in the day, the Legacy Collection on the PS3, did not have these games. It had the original MSX Metal Gear and it had the sequel to MSX uh, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Snake, Uh, but it didn't have the NES games. Uh, and that has gotten me wondering a little bit about what might be in volume two of the master collection. I know that it's located all the way down here in the sheet in our quest log section, but do you want to jump into your story about the volume two collection? Sure. Uh, no problem with that at all. All right. Um, let's see. So MGS
0: collection, part two, sons of the nano Patriots from Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Konami has announced Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, due out this October. Uh, Now, the internet has spotted the lineup of games for the unannounced Metal Gear uh, Solid Master Collection Volume 2. Twitter user Nitroid spotted uh, inspecting the Metal Gear Solid timeline page on the official Metal Gear Solid website reveals placeholder buttons for MGS4, MGS5, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. IGN understands this lineup for Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 2 is accurate and has... Ask Konami for comment. While the entire collection will no doubt excite Metal Gear fans, it is the inclusion of Metal Gear Solid 4 that's of the most interest. The action-adventure stealth game uh, has been shackled to the PS3 since launch, and with Metal Gear Solid uh, Mass Collection Volume 2 expected to launch on PC, PS5, Xbox Series S, and, SNS, and Switch, an army of newcomers are set to experience Guns of the Patriots for the first time. So, from what people, insiders seem to understand, is that it's four or five Peace Walker.
1: Which... Makes sense. That particular collection of games is not super surprising. I think a lot of people are still a little bit taken aback that 4 is going to be there because the whole thing with 4 is that game was very specifically designed around the capabilities of the PlayStation 3 cell architecture. It's one of those games that's always been like whenever people talk about you know, bringing Metal Gear games to other platforms. Metal Gear Solid 4 is always such a huge question mark, because it's like, can you even port it out of a PlayStation 3? It seems like it's so, like, deeply entrenched in now, did you see what the PlayStation could do.
0: About that the other other week? Where there was the producers at Konami of like, we made a 360 version, but it would have required right. multiple discs, and they didn't want to do right. Konami didn't want to do that. So there is right. a version of it that could have worked on more general mm. hardware. So maybe... Anyways, that's the version. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That I will say, by the way, regardless of what happens with uh, the upcoming potential port of Metal Gear Solid 4, that port is going to be interesting because there's a lot of weird product placement in 4 that I don't think is going to fly anymore. Like in that game, Solid Snake straight up has an iPod that he uses to listen to music and podcasts on. Not like, oh, it's like a thing that looks like an iPod, it straight up is an iPod, which when you think about it is weird. Considering that, like, back when it came out in 2008, it was back then on a Sony platform, which you think that Sony and Apple wouldn't work together that well, but I guess I guess Kojima had such, like, incredible, like, power that he could sway both companies to make good. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't there also Assassin's Creed's costumes in that game? Am I crazy? It, I don't know if it was four. It might have been Peace Walker. Or one of the other spinoffs from around that time i remember i thought one of the ones on playstation had i'll look it up but anyways peace walker had the the like bright green mountain dew t-shirt because there was like a mountain dew collab or something um getting back to the nintendo direct as i mentioned earlier uh the two nes games are coming to it which Originally, it was not the case with the legacy collection on PS3. The legacy collection on PS3 was, here's all the Metal Gear Solid games that Kojima was personally involved in up until this point in time. And so the fact that they're breaking with that for Volume 1 makes me wonder. It just makes my neurons fire out into the synapses of space and wonder, could we potentially break a little bit with Tradition with Volume 2 as well. Could we potentially get perhaps uh, Metal Gear Acid, Metal Gear Acid 2, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops, which was one of the other PSP games? The fact that this particular piece of information about what games are going to be included in the Master Collection Volume 2 is based on the presence of these three placeholder buttons and the website would suggest that, That's not going to be the case that it is just going to be four Peace Walker and five, which, you know, doesn't really bother me all that much, because at the end of the day, those are like the three remaining Metal Gear games that I care about the most and that most other people care about the most. But like would be cool at the very least, it would be great if we got another opportunity to play Revengeance. Uh, on modern consoles, because that game had a huge resurgence in popularity last year. You know what's funny? Um,
0: I've been staring at anyone's... Revengeance in my library. I'm like, should I download and play Revengeance? Because it's just been sitting there staring at me every day. Yeah. Um, by the way, so I looked it up. The Assassin's Creed, it was Altair costume, was in Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, mm. Apparently, it was very hard to unlock, but it was there. And Chad mentions that Little Big Planet had MGS4 costumes in the game as well. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Very cool. If it was me, though, Revenge mm. sounds cool if we add other games to this Volume 2. Revenge it sounds cool and What's the Game Boy one that everyone Really thinks is good? Uh,
1: in North America it's just called Metal Gear uh, No 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 It's called Metal Gear Solid because it came out At the same time as the Playstation One Metal Gear Solid and so they called it Solid To like tie it in for Like branding purposes. In Japan It's called Metal Gear Ghost Babble So Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy A.K.A. Metal Gear Ghost Babel. That'd be cool to get one of those. Just give
0: us something weird besides
1: it, four or five and Peace Walker. It would be cool, and like that's again another game that people really love that has never really gotten a proper re release. I want to say it's not on Nintendo Switch Online yet, even though you could conceivably see it coming to that. So no, Chad emulated and stole it because he's a thief. No, my bad. He bought a copy that didn't work, and then was forced to find a workaround to play it. That's Which, what it was. That's that's <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, getting back to the Nintendo Direct uh, lineup a little bit, real quick. Um, after Metal Gear Solid Volume Collection Number One, uh, we had Headbangers Rhythm Royale. I don't know if you remember this one. This was the pigeon I do. i want to talk battle about royale it. game. I really want to talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game. Like uh, we, we've gotten a lot of battle royale games over the years. This game seems way out there in terms of its sort of core premise of how it's pulling off its genre of choice, and I am definitely going to give it a shot when it comes out. It is so cool.
0: So basically you play a bunch of pigeons in 30 player matches and it's all rhythm-based video, (laughs) like rhythm-based games to be the winner of the battle Royal, which I'm like, what a cool weird idea. I like when people do awesome, weird things. I am terrified. This is going to close down in a year (laughs) because I don't think enough people are going to play it, but I like that someone's taken a chance with like a rhythm-based battle royale. Sounds really, really cool. I hope, I hope it does well enough. That's all I'm hoping.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, visually, it doesn't seem like it's even on the same level as something like a Fall Guys, for example, or a Knockout City. Like, it seems like whoever's developing it understands that this is not meant to compete in that sphere, and hopefully that gives them enough financial leeway to not immediately get shut down shortly shortly after it releases, but I mean, we will certainly see. Uh, And last game from my list that I wanted to talk about was WarioWare Move It. Uh, We got a Wario game, couple of years ago, which was I forget it what it was called, but it was the one where like you're like multiplayer teaming up to like play a bunch of video games in a video game that you get sucked into. Seems like from what I remember it got reviewed pretty decently well, but there was that kind of lingering frustration of like, oh man, I kind of wish this was like a slightly more traditional WarioWare game. And it is cool that we are finally getting a more traditional WarioWare game. I loved on the original Wii, WarioWare Smooth Moves. That was a genuinely fantastic launch game for the original Wii. And if this game is any good as that one was, I am definitely all for that. What I like
0: about this game, um, I feel like it, I mean, we're going to get to in a second, based on what you believe yeah. is going to happen with the end of this console. I feel like we're getting the end of the console. Like, we've gotten all the big hitters, we've gotten sequels for the big hitters, and now they're like, fuck, games keep selling, put a Warrior Wear out, do 1-2-Switch again, like... The, I feel mm. like we're like, they're like, hey, everything's doing well. Let's get yeah. this all out before we move on to the next thing.
1: And yeah, that's the end of my list, uh, but not the end of games that I'm personally interested in. I saw that you'd already put a couple of games yourself on your own list. Yes. Uh, and so I figured I'd let you take the wheel on these next few ones. Very cool. Yeah, so for me, I mean, it's
0: the big one, of course, is Mario Wonder, uh, or Super Mario Brothers Wonder, whatever you want to call it. Um... And I know you mentioned that this direct direction kind of Mario focused, but honestly, to me, those were the coolest looking games. Like I was oh, like, yeah. Mario Wonder takes me back to like, oh yes, I remember playing a two D Mario game. I know, it just reminds me a lot of just playing Mario games when I used to play them. I haven't played one in a while, so it took yeah. me right back. I was like, man, that looks good. Man, that looks good, and crispy. Um, I'm very excited for I don't whatever weird gimmick where you hit this thing and then the world goes wacky. Whatever, I'm a, I'm in for it, guys. I can play as.
1: Daisy, let's go. <laughs> Th- this trailer was definitely a-, a trip in more ways than one, in that I feel like the first two seconds of it, it was like, Amen. Oh, man. For years, we've been saying, we want a new Mario platforming game that's not just the super generic, you know, new Super Mario Bros. style. First two seconds, it's like, oh man. Looks very reminiscent of that style. That's a little disappointing. And then, slowly but surely things get really off the rails in this game obviously we have elephant mario which people are are going crazy for on the internet uh in ways both positive and negative but then you also have playable peach playable daisy you have the crazy wonder seeds or wonder shrooms or whatever they are that are making everything super psychedelic like this game seems like it has a lot of great stuff going into it and i i'm definitely all for it this is one of those 2D Mario, this is one of those series where it's like every single time it's been enough time in between each entry, I'm kind of like, oh man, don't know if I really am craving this right now, but whenever I jump back in, I'm like, man, these games are great. No notes. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a banger. I
0: picked it up in multiple fantasy critic leagues um, for basically my entire budget. Uh, Next up was Sonic Superstars. A couple interesting things about this. Is that like, you know, I like Sonic enough. This looks cool. It looks like classic 2D Sonic, four-player, yeah, up to four-player local co-op. Looks cool, looks slick. Then the release date got rumored released, and it's going to supposed to come out three days before Mario Wonder. So
1: that'll be a fun week for Alex, who loves Mario and loves Sonic. Who do you love more? Are I mean, I, I definitely like Mario a lot more. I like Sonic... For- frontiers last year i like a couple of the 3d sonics to be honest with you 2d sonic never really been my jam back Mm. way back in the day when i first got access to a lot of the 2d sonic games via the wii virtual console like i gave sonic 1 sonic 2 a shot and they just did not stick with me I'll, i'll still be paying attention to see how this game reviews it seems like it's a like pretty quality product and people were pretty happy with it coming off of summer games fest but it's not Not one of the games that I'm, like, actively looking out for. Very cool. Um, The
0: next one. Arkham Collection got announced. Very cool. Awesome games. My only question is, how is Arkham Knight going to run on Switch? I think Asylum and City, they'll be fine. they were on 360 PS3. No problem. I'm just really curious to see Arkham Knight with all that rain and all those reflections and that going through that fast car and see how that works. But... Hopefully it works fine. Those are great games to have on the go. Because those are one of my favorite trilogies of all time. So I thought that was a big plus to get that everywhere. Um, Next one. Let me be honest with you. Not a nerd, right? Everyone knows I'm cool. I'm the coolest guy. I don't like nerd shit. But Star Ocean, the second story R. Um, don't really care about the game, to be honest with you. I don't care about a 1998 Sony game. But love this art style, man. 2D pixel characters. So you have your classic, like, 2.5D, you know, uh, Octopath. Not even Octopath, it's its own thing, because it's 2D pixel characters in a 3D rendered world. So your little pixel guys running around in a 3D world. I think it's, like, really cool. It's like, because, you know, we've had 2.5D with Octopath and that, and this seems like another twist on that. And I think it looks really cool. Again, not going to play it, because I don't want to play a Star Ocean game, but I think it looks fantastic. Um... What about you? Alex, you've never played Star Ocean, have you?
1: No, never played
0: one. I only know like two people who've ever played it, but they've made like a lot of those games. Yeah. I just wonder who it's for. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and my last one was Myth Force, which is uh, it's a game that's been early access on PC. Basically, Saturday morning cartoon, roguelike, team based, looter shooter kind of a thing um looks like he-man but four players um and it's just cool for me because we finally have a release date because it's coming to switch this fall which means it should come to 1.0 it's coming out everywhere everyone who's played it said it's pretty cool so i'm hoping after being in early access for uh, about a year and a half it'll it'll be hot hot and bothered um but that was it for me because yeah you you know we've talked about all the cool stuff at this point there you go
1: yeah so, with that, I think we're ready to jump into Segment from Cozy. Do you have a theme song for Segment from Cozy?
0: Uh, let me try to think. I just want to just think of Ave Maria. There's got to be a different song. Let me y- see.
1: Y- you don't have to put a lot it, of effort into I got into... it.
0: Hold on. All right. All right. Segment from
1: Cozy. Welcome, everybody, to Segment from Cozy. This particular segment, I'm calling 10 MIA Switch games that could or still are, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, I got that reversed, 10 MIA Switch games that are, or still could, be on the horizon. So, we saw a lot of Switch games showed off in the Direct, some of which are coming out later this year, some of which are still slated for release in 2024, some of which are still slated for some indefinite point in the future. However, there were 10 games 10 games of varying levels of consequence that were not shown off in the Direct that I figured I'd take the opportunity to talk a a little bit about here. Um, Obviously, if you actually go and dig into what games are still slated for the Switch that weren't talked about in the Nintendo Direct from this past week, there are many, many, many games uh, that we could be talking about on this particular segment. But I felt like these 10 games are The kind of most pertinent games to the, you know, Switch's overall library, to its identity, to us, you know, as gamers and our interest in the platform. So, number one, of course, we have Metroid Prime 4. I said, I called it ahead of time, ahead of the direct, that we weren't going to get Metroid Prime 4 at it. I said on Twitter, Yo, I think we got to temper our expectations. I think that at this point, it's pretty obvious that Metroid Prime 4 has probably been moved over to the Switch successor, that it will probably launch on that platform, if not launch shortly after that platform's launch. Um, Will it also potentially release on the Switch in addition to the Switch successor, much like how Zelda in the past has spanned multiple console generations when it releases? Who's to say, I personally... I'm going to say right here, right now, and I know I will probably upset some people by saying this, but I really hope that Metroid Prime 4 is exclusive to the Switch successor because then it'll definitely benefit a lot from however much juice that successor will be packing. But ultimately, like we, we, we still know so little about that game, so I'm not going to speculate any longer.
0: I love how that's your, 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 your cozy guarantee, is that this game is a Switch launch game um i mean it's two, looking whatever.
1: more and more yeah. likely at this point probably so i i feel like the the tide has definitely changed i've seen a lot of outlets over the past few weeks be like yeah maybe we could see metroid prime 4 shifted over to the successor who knows what else did this i feel like zelda games did this right. Was it,
0: didn't they show off one or two of them and so
1: came to the other twilight console? princess yeah and breath of the wild are like the two big examples of this oh, yeah yeah i remember that um and then what else i mean you had i don't know if this really counts but like the original animal crossing was originally a nintendo 64 game that only came out in north america on the gamecube Um, i didn't remember that was supposed to be on the 64
0: Hmm. very cool
1: yeah not not a lot of examples coming to mind oh there was zelda (laughs) that's all i can think of there was, like, for example, like uh, Super Paper Mario, which was the Wii Paper Mario. That was originally a GameCube game, but then mm-hmm. it came out on the Wii a little bit later. There are a few examples like that, but yeah, th- those are kind of the big ones. Um, so after that, we have Metro Prime 2 and 3 Remastered. One came out earlier this year, did pretty well. Now, a lot of people are wondering, are we going to get Metro Prime 2 and 3 Remastered, or are we just going to have one Remastered, and maybe we'll get a, like, re-release of 2 and 3 that's not, like, a remastered version of both games. Uh, th- there's The problem is that there's, like, conflicting information about what's going on with these two games. What I last read was that originally the plan was Retro Studios was going to remaster 1, 2, and 3, and then what happened was is they used like, in-development footage of Metroid Prime 1 remaster to convince Nintendo to give them Metroid Prime 4 and reboot that game at their studio. And when that happened, it shifted from we're doing all three remasters to we're just remastering one concurrently to working on four. And so, yeah, I guess I guess whether or not two and three get remastered is now dependent on how satisfied Nintendo was with Metroid Prime 1's remasters. So. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Or maybe both games are done for years now and they just are holding off on them. Yeah, know? I would love if they were like, hey, here's the release date for four and two and three
0: are also available today. That would be great.
1: Uh, two other games that were not shown off at this direct, but that have been like very heavily rumored for a very long period of time are Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD. Both games originally launched on the Wii U, Uh, both were loved on the Wii U, and many people have been clamoring for these games to show up on the Switch at some point. I will say, man, like, throughout the entirety of the Wii U's life cycle, I remember people clamoring then for us to get Twilight Princess HD, and then we eventually got it kind of towards the end there. Like, I really hope that after we finally get Twilight Princess and One Wake around the Switch... We don't have to go another Nintendo console lifecycle of these two games not being present until they finally put them on it. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that when they've released the Switch successor, you can go into the Switch Successor's eShop and just download, like, even if it's just the Switch version of these two games, you can still at least download those in the same way that on the PS5 you have access to all your PlayStation 4 games, for example. I don't want to have to wait for all this shit again, because... I got to be honest, I'm getting a a little bit tired of people asking for these games, even though these are, you know, fantastic games and everybody who owns the Switch definitely deserves to try them out. I wonder why these are the only things that
0: haven't been ported. Literally everything from the Wii U that was worth it has been ported except for these. Like, I actually had one Waker HD on Wii U. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's right. they They never did it over here, did they? Which is weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, next thing I noted down was Persona 3 Reload. Now, this is a weird situation.
0: Yeah. When you
1: finish, I actually have a news story about it that came out 12 hours ago. Is this about Persona 3 Reload not coming to the Switch after all? Yep. You want to jump into it? (laughs) Okay, yeah. No, so apparently the leaker
0: for Persona, who leaked the whole Persona 3 Reloaded existing in the first place, like a very credible leaker. Yeah. um, Yeah, basically said that. It's a very long story, but um, basically, there's no deal um, for it to come to Switch. Um, There's no published deal made at all for it. Unless this changes, nothing's going to happen. Same thing for Metaphor, which is that other Renafor Phantasma, whatever. So apparently, they just, those games are coming out for everything but Switch just because they didn't make a deal for it to come to Switch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Metaphor. I mean, I don't think anybody was speculating from the jump that that one was going to come to the Switch. But with Persona 3 Reload, it seemed like a lock. And visually, while Persona 3 Reload is a very pretty looking game, there's nothing going on in it visually that seems like beyond what Persona 5 uh, was doing, which made a lot of people assume like, well, well, for sure this has got to come to the Switch, because all the other Personas came to the Switch over the course of the past couple of years. But it seems like it might not be happening, which is Honestly, pretty shocking, but I wouldn't completely rule it out. I don't think we're utterly confirmed to not get it, but that's just me. Um, After that, uh, or or rather, uh, after that in the list, uh, I noted down Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. This is a game that was uh, announced at the prior Nintendo Direct that happened earlier this year, and... I talked about it uh, a little bit back then, uh, but just to kind of refresh everyone, like this was like low key, one of the biggest announcements of that direct because like up until a few years ago, Level Five, which is the studio that develops the Professor Layton games, they're also the studio behind the Nino Kuni games, the uh, Yokai Watch games, uh, the Imazuma Eleven games. They had basically gone completely a-wool on releasing games in the West. They basically completely shut down operations and decided to kind of like exclusively focus on the Japanese market. And the announcement that hey, we're back, we're ready to. Published games here in the West again, and we're developing a new Professor Layton game. Not uh, Professor Layton's daughter, who was like the last Layton game before that, but actual legit Professor Layton was a huge shock. Um, This game, by all accounts, is still coming. Doesn't seem like it's in any kind of weird trouble or is like a weird situation like Persona 3 where it it might not actually come after all. Um, But it is still a game that is somewhere off on the horizon, and we will certainly see. When we finally get it yeah it's switch
0: um, uh page or it's on nintendo's website Professor Layton in the new world of steam says nintendo switch releasing in tbd rating pending there's nothing on this page just a picture so yeah interesting interesting
1: yeah uh in addition to professor lane in the new world of steam another game that level five developed within the past couple of years is yokai watch four they actually made two different versions of Yo-Kai Watch 4. They made Yo-Kai Watch 4, which released in the summer of 2019, and they released Yo-Kai Watch 4 Plus Plus, which released in the winter of that year. Um, The prior three Yo-Kai Watch uh, games uh, had released on the, I want to say 3DS in North America, and none of those games did especially well. The history of the Yokai Watch series is so interesting. We could spend an entire podcast talking about it, but TLDR, there was a very brief period of time, a very brief period of time during the 3DS era where Yokai Watch culturally in Japan was like outgunning Pokemon. Like it was like sales wise in terms of kids knowing about it, kids like doing the dances along the anime, it was like eating Pokemon's lunch uh and then the series kind of had a drop off and never really recovered from that Uh, but nevertheless yokai watch 4 released in 2019 and i you know can't help but wonder will we get a port of this to the switch in north america now that it seems like level 5 has sort of resumed its north american operations plans whatnot the game got a pretty decent review on famitsu uh 37 out of 40 so it is a quality product and the original three yokai watch games were like honestly like technical showcases on the 3ds uh i I never like exhaustively played them but like they always like really impressed me especially compared to what the pokemon games were doing on that platform during that same generation so who knows could be cool yeah i remember at a time yeah blowing up in japan and people being
0: convinced like yo this is going to be the next pokemon and it never took off in america just did not happen
1: yeah so did not happen uh Another Level 5 game that was also talked about in the previous Nintendo Direct, but that was not shown off in the most recent one, uh, Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Seals Time. I did not play the original Fantasy Life, but I know that the original Fantasy Life is like, it's one of those games on the 3DS that people are like, man, it's a real good game. Level 5, you're a real, real talented developer. And I know there were a lot of people who popped for this game when it was announced last time around. So, you know, uh, alongside Professor Layton and maybe yokai watch 4 we could have ourselves a little a little uh level 5 fiesta in 2014 not 2014 jesus 2024 (laughs) um for the last few games that i have on my list uh these are games that have not even really been rumored well no we'll we'll just get into them uh, these games are a little bit of a different beast from the prior eight games so i figured i'd talk about them a little bit so when people talk about the Wii U's library being trapped on the Wii U, about the Wii U still having a few games here and there that still have yet to make their way to the Switch. The last game outside of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD that people uh, yearn to come to the Switch is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which was the Xenoblade Chronicles one sort of like side sequel slash spinoff that only released on the Wii U back in 2015. Um, Uh, ahead of this episode, I actually went digging for information on what could potentially be up with this game. And in a 2018 uh, Game Informer with Imran Khan, uh, one of the producers on the game, um, what's his name? Uh, Tetsuya Takahashi, uh, basically was like, yeah, personally speaking, I'd love to play the game on the Switch, but it would be really difficult to make it. Uh, when asked why it would be such a problem, he simply laughed and replied, money, it's a massive game. Recreating it would be really difficult. I don't deny anything that Takahashi is saying here, but like, fact of the matter is that over the course of the past like console generation, we've had a like remaster of Xenoblade Chronicles 1, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and... Xenoblade and Chronicles 3 all make their way to the Switch, and none of those games could have been particularly cheap to develop, so I want to put it past that we could still get Xenoblade Chronicles X at some point. Because after after Xenoblade Chronicles X, like, the well of interesting Wii U games that are still stranded on the Wii U kind of dries up. Like, other than that, you've got Star Fox Zero, which nobody really nobody loves. Wants. Nope. You've got NES Remix 1 and 2, which are good games, but like, you don't see people, like, yearning for those games you know so hmm.
0: yeah this uh, was the that was the mech one right yeah i'm looking yeah. at it now it was the mech
1: yeah blade yeah, yeah, yeah and last thing i put on this list is uh a game that has been heavily rumored over the course of the past year but obviously is still not confirmed it's the 3d open world ish donkey Kong game that we've heard of here and there sporadically over the course of the past few months um according to like a spate of rumors that came out uh towards the end of march this year the game is apparently still in development uh and apparently has been in development for some time uh but you know it's funny i thought uh in this particular nintendo direct that nintendo was going to maybe vary things up a bit maybe we would get a remake of a like A Mario game that came out on the SNES and then we were going to get a Donkey Kong game or maybe we were going to get some like other Donkey Kong project and then a 2D like Mario game like Mario Wonder was going to close out the show but we kind of got exclusively just Mario games at this direct which kind of makes me wonder could this 3D Donkey Kong game have never existed to begin with could it all just be Steam could it be one of those weird broken cases of telephone that's like, willing this game into existence, kind of like what happened with Star Fox Grand Prix uh, a couple of years ago. I
0: want them, if they make a new 3D Donkey Kong gang, it has to have AHA's take on me instead of any original music.
1: Oh, oh man. <laughs> that, that's, um, you, you, you know how in, uh, what, what was it, uh, Donkey Kong 64, they have the DK rap at the beginning? Mm-hmm. That'll be like instead of the dk rap it'll be aha's take on me as like the opening theme song rap thing
0: so good so good don't use your original yeah. music use the license stuff it's a kid's movie it's yeah. fine all right very good stuff i guess we're going to move on to you
1: going to sing that part right there <laughs> i don't know if that's how it goes i'll
0: take it segment from adam all right this time We're having a little game, again, based off Nintendo. That's all Nintendo this week. I call this the meat in the Threpple Sandwich. Ooh. Who wants to be the meat? Who wants to be the bread? It's three people. So, based on things shown at the Direct, I'm going to give you, well, most of them. One of them's different. I'll explain. But I'm going to give you previous (laughs) entries based off things that were shown in the Direct. Three of them. And I want you to put them in order based on how they did on Metacritic. So it's just to look okay. back on like how popular are these series that are coming that we were shown off at Nintendo Direct? First one's cheat, first one's about movies. So okay. I have three movies. This is all based on Metacritic not Rotten Tomatoes. I want you to tell me of these three movies that all, all that all have sequels coming out. Which order them in from top to bottom? Super Mario Brothers movie, the one we just made fun of for having Aha's take on me. Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu. And Sonic Mm -hmm. the Hedgehog 2. Now, what do you think the order of those is
1: based on Metacritic? And then I can give you the Metacritics afterwards. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 definitely scored the highest. Like, there is no doubt about that. Detective Pikachu definitely is in the middle, and Super Mario is at the bottom. Okay.
0: Now, this isn't changing, but I'm going to give you a little more information. Uh, Choose the meat, please. Yeah, Chad. you always want to be in the middle. Um, I will say, shockingly... All of these movies are below a 55 on Metacritic. Hmm. Even Sonic 2. All of these movies are below a 55 on Metacritic. Hmm. Do you want to keep your same order? So you can see it's probably like critics are kind of rough on kids' movies. Again, audience scores are much higher. It's shocking. But
1: yeah. I see. I I, I guess that's probably what's tripping me up because I distinctly remember... Sonic 2 on Rotten Tomatoes doing quite well. Or at least like, you know, being in that like, I don't know, like 70-ish range of like being, oh, this is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, for consistency I did all Metacritic.
0: So, you had Sonic as 1, Pikachu as 2 and Mario Brothers movie at 3? Did I remember that right? You know
1: what? Yes. You know mm-hmm. what? I'm going to swap around Pikachu and Sonic. I'm going to go Pikachu first, Sonic second, and Mario third. And I am locking in.
0: Okay, so you would say Sonic would be the meat in the throuple sandwich then? Yes. <laughs> I just want to hear you say it. You did. Whenever you changed it up, you got it right. Detective Pikachu All right. at a 53. Sonic 2 at a 47. Super Mario Brothers movie, 46. Huh. So, huh. All right in that range. Uh, not too. Not too far apart. Now we're going to move on to some video games. And these are based on video games. This is the last one uh, of a series, but that were announced at uh, Nintendo Direct. First up, I have Pikmin 3. This is very specifically the Switch version. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 5. And Mario mm-hmm. 3D World Bowser's Fury. Because I believe that's the last Mario game we got.
1: What... What what co- platform is Metal Gear Solid 5 on for the purpose of this metacritic? Uh
0: I'll double check it but I'm pretty sure I just took the, the highest one. Um let me double check just to make sure Metal Gear Solid 5 it is for Xbox 1. It is the highest mm-hmm. the highest score.
1: Okay. I'm going to go I think that Metal Gear Solid 5 definitely scored highest. That game has a bit of a complicated reputation, but I feel like upon release, everybody was unanimous in loving that game. I think that uh, Bowser's Fury is going to be the meat, and I think that Pikmin 3 is gonna be the other end of the sandwich. Pikmin 3 a good game, but I feel like I feel like the reaction to these, the Switch port was a little bit like I don't I don't feel like there is the fire that there was when it originally released on Wii U. I bet if you went and looked at the Wii U Metacritic page, it would be higher than the Switch version. It's, it's just me though.
0: It's not. Um Really? Yeah, this okay. I, let me double check this again, but I'm pretty sure that the Switch version is Pick him in. Uh no, no, you're right. The Wii one, the Wii U version scored a little
1: bit higher, but not much. Um, okay. Well, I, I still yeah. uh, I still stand by my ranking. I'm locking it in.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you a little more information. Every one of these games are within six points of another game. Okay. So you're sticking with your ranking, I'm, though. I'm still locking it in. Okay. I'm locked. Metal Gear Solid 5 is number one at a 95 overall on Xbox One. Um, Mario 3D plus Bowser's Fury, 89. Pikmin 3 for the Switch at an 85. So, yes, you got that sandwich correct again. Woo! Look at you. Very good. Um, all right, our last one, because I made three of them because it's alliteration. Not alliteration. What is it whenever things are numerical? What is it like in comedy? They're like, oh, threes are funny, but there's like a name the, the for rule it. of threes, yeah, but no, there's that's like, like photography. It's like a math or like a whatever. what the fuck am I talking about? All right, mathematical, yeah, that's what it is. next up, these are again the last version of the video game that was released they were uh these were all based on your segment, things that were not talked about, but that should still be coming to the switch. Mm-hmm. so I took it I took it off of you this time, so okay, Metroid Prime three. Persona 5 Royal and Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze are the three games. The last ones are the things that you're like, where are these at? These could still be coming to Switch. What is the order of those games on Metacritic?
1: Persona 5 Royal is definitely at the top. Mm-hmm. That game, like, there was just such an intense passion for that game when it released, both, both the original and Royal. It didn't feel like there was really much of a drop-off there. And so that leaves Tropical Freeze and 3. Hmm. Metro Prime 3 was really, really loved when it first came out, though I feel like there has been a little bit of a a drop off in appreciation for it as of late. Tropical Freeze, like that game was kind of mired in a lot of controversy uh, when it was first revealed because everyone was like, oh man, Retro's making another Donkey Kong. They're not making another Metroid Prime game or like at least something that's a little bit more in that wheelhouse. But it did review well despite that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and I'm going to say that Metro Prime 3 was a meat, mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is a very, very close bread on the other end. Mm. Would it be the bottom piece of bread or the top piece of bread? The bottom piece of bread,
0: because percent of five royal is at the top. But then you press it in a panini maker and flip it over when you take it out. Uh, but no, you got it right again. Look at that. You're, wow. You're, you would be perfect in a thruple, because you know... Everything about three, three things in a row. Yeah, Metro Prime, or excuse me, Persona 5, 94. Metro Prime 3, 90. Tropical Freeze, 86. So there you go. You nailed it. You really did very, very, very well. Wow. Um, Congrats to you. You've won. I'll give you one day of your life back. That's a throwback. All if you guys right. haven't listened in a while, I won a bet about a year ago, and I got to take six months of both of their lives of Chad and uh, Alex. You can have one day back, but there you go. That's it for my segment. Um, and that means it's time for playtime. I guess I'll just go ahead and do mine really quick because it's really short. I didn't really play a ton. I got back into Skyrim a little bit. Uh, one day of life. Yeah, that's all I deserve. Shad, you still owe me full six months. I um, Got a little back into Skyrim. I just wanted to dick around and have something to play around with. But the main thing I got into that was new. I'm getting ready to play Axiom Verge. I'm going to do it one of these days. Don't worry. We're not recording for another week. I'll be fine. Uh, I started playing UFC. So, my son mentioned that he was playing UFC. I'm like, what do you know about fighting people, you pleb? And I started, I downloaded it as well. Um, Yeah, I think I might be into MMA now. It's like a really, really good game. And it's like, I, I, okay. So, it's very technical, kind of nerdy. It's a fighting game, like, it's a fucking fighting game, like Street Fighter or whatever, basically. But I don't think there's a better feeling than when you, like, punch somebody so hard that they fucking pass out. Like, I don't think there's a better feeling in gaming. Like, I remember, like, I don't know... I'm glad that you prefaced it with that. Real life, too. Knocking oh. someone's lights out Uh-oh. is wonderful. <laughs> I don't... Were you around? I knew you were around. Did you get into the Fight Night craze? Because remember Fight Night? No. A video game about boxing, but everybody was into it, strangely enough. Like, it was, like, way bigger than boxing was, that video game. Um, and, yeah, I get it now. I, I'm having... I'm kicking people in the side of the head... Um, blood's going everywhere. I'm knocking dudes out. I'm champion. Seven defenses in a row, baby. I'm all about it. I'm into UFC right now, so uh, I might be an MMA boy. Finite is Dope. Remake of the original movie. Oh, Fright Night. I actually did like that remake of that movie with uh, McLovin was in that one. It was pretty good. But yeah, that's it. I'm just punching people and stabbing dragons.
1: That's it. On my end, it's interesting. You, you talked about how you haven't been up to a whole lot this past week. I have been like going through so many games. You know, it's funny. It feels like for the past several months, every single week I come into the podcast, and I'm like, hey, guys. Yeah, I got, I got stuck on another Rock and Zelda again. It's, it's a real big game. Oh, and I played that other uh, game that we have to play for barf, but I can't actually talk about it on the show, so who cares? For whatever reason, within the past week I've played a crap ton of stuff. Of course, I played some more of Diablo 4. The campaign's done, so I'm taking care of a lot of stuff that I still need to take care of on the map uh, that becomes available in the post-game, as well as stuff I never completed during the main campaign. Um, I beat Axiom Verge 1. It's complete it's done with don't think i'm gonna go back for the platinum because we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast but mm. the platinum is a just a, a humdinger and a half Tuffy. uh beat axiom verge 2 the sequel that came out in 2021 uh also don't think i'm gonna platinum that one but i still thought the game was very very redacted um and i started playing a game that you previously played a little bit back. Coffee Talk 2 Hibiscus and Butterfly. Yeah. And let me tell you. Let me tell you, there is something so comforting about coming back to this game's universe. Even though like so much of the subject matter discussed in Coffee Talk 2 is kind of on the heavy side, like there's a lot of real heavy themes, lots of discussion of prejudices, lots of allusions to like real-world events that have happened over the past few years that get discussed in it. Despite all that, This game is like a comforting, warm cup of coffee, which coincidentally is what you serve a lot of in the game. So I'm really loving it so far, even though I'm only a couple of hours in. Yeah,
0: I want to get back to it because, yeah, it's very, I don't know what it is because I really don't like visual novels, but something about that game, I kind of like just keep going through it and talking to all these weird fantasy people and making cool drinks. I'm into it.
1: I will say uh, real quick, uh, and I don't. I-, I won't spoil it, but at the end of the original Coffee Talk, there is a big and pretty unexpected, uh, like, revelation that occurs concerning your main character's identity. Uh, up until the end of the original Coffee Talk, it's just sort of presented that you're this barista at a coffee shop called Coffee Talk. Nothing particularly special about them, and the ending kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit and reveals that there's something going on with your character that is out of this world. In more ways than one, and I'm interested to see if Coffee Talk Two ever really comes back to that and integrates it into its story in like a significant way, or if that's still just like a a fun little kind of background detail about your character that isn't actually all that consequential to what's going on. I can't we'll say for sure, but I am pretty positive that there is like,
0: you beat the game, you can go back and like fast forward to do story stuff. So I don't know oh, if yeah. it's gonna be I've exactly actually, the same, but it's probably in there.
1: I, I've already like replayed a couple of scenes every now and then because I'm like pretty bad at like getting people's orders. Like they'll be like, I want this tea with lots of honey and a little bit of milk. And I'll be like, all right, perfect. Tea, milk, honey. That's not what I wanted at all. What do you mean? <laughs> it's tea, honey, and milk. Gotta do in the right order. But yeah, no, apparently there is the end of Coffee Talk One.
0: Let me replay the game, but actually just do the story stuff. So we'll see what they do with that. But yeah, very cool. Uh, is that it then? We just have one more story, if that's it. And it's a, it's a good one, guys. Everyone be excited, or not. Um, we already knew E3 was dead, right? It's from Andy Robinson at VGC. E3 2024 and 2025 has reportedly been canceled. <clears throat> that's according to the Los Angeles City Tourism Board, which notes in a meeting packet uh, spotted by Reset Era published, published on Wednesday that a summary of planned city conventions includes... Uh, E3 cancellations for 2024 and 2025. In a statement issued to VGC, E3 owner uh, ESA claims that, quote unquote, no final decision have been made about next year's potential event. ESA is currently having conversations about E3 2024 and beyond, and no final decisions about the event have been made at this time. Um, again, I feel like, didn't we already know this was a thing? But I guess technically it was only for this year. J3 got canceled, but. Uh, It's definitely looks like it's not going to happen at all or definitely not in L.A. At the very least.
1: E3, if you still want to chase the ghosts, if you really want to have another E3 big convention showcase thingamabob, come to Montreal. We're basically the Silicon Valley of the East Coast of North America. Come to us. We have so many cool developers around the corner that will be willing to give you their games. Ubisoft, up until the very last moment. Ubisoft is like, yeah, we'll do E3 rain or shine. And then they pulled out just, just, just before E3 2023 was formally canceled. So you know that they will be there and they're right in the same town. So come on, man. E3 Montreal 2026.
0: Let's do it. It could happen. I mean, you could be there live in person now. I hope it doesn't happen, but there's thunderstorms going crazy right now. So we'll see if my power goes out. Uh, But yeah, we're almost at the end. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, we're basically there. It's all cool. Again whatever Jeff. Jeff's gonna take over and it's fine everything's taken care of um I don't miss E3 again I never had a chance to go I never really wanted to go I don't want these things to go away but E3 just they're, they're like give us millions of dollars and then we'll just cancel the event like that sounds like a not like
1: a great thing I'm sure you know? that the two of us within the next couple of years will get an opportunity to go to like whatever summer games fest organizes for its next big showcase like i'm sure we'll be able to go to that
0: yeah we could but or, probably chad, not e3 chad lives next door or, and he ch- wouldn't go you know that's crazy Yeah. um all right that's it no segment from adam no game on game show because the mice don't play games they just fuck shit up uh so that's our show for today you can go to uh, patreon.com respawning fire vote on barf games for the month um and also Get a Patreon-exclusive episode every month for $1. You can get it early for a month exclusively. Um, we have two Raff Pretties up, and we just recorded what the thing for the month of July is going to be. It's going to be a good one, everybody. I oh yeah drink bourbon straight out of the bottle for about an hour and a half. It's a real good time. You got to get on Patreon for a dollar and check that one out in the early. Did July.
1: that give Adam and Adam's partner the physical and mental strength to pull off their victory? You'll have to find out. I might have went super say in ten thousand. Uh, but for this
0: month, our barf game is Axiom Verge, which we, Alex mentioned before. We'll be talking about that pretty soon, next couple of weeks or so, with a guest. You might know him. Oof, ouchie, my pp. Maybe he's here to hang out with us again. Um, and then we should have a new poll going up relatively soon to figure out we're going to push in July. Yeah, we'll, we should. We'll figure that out. Uh, but thank you, Alex, again, for hanging out with me, for having all
1: that Nintendo information, and being a cool bud. Uh, where can people find you at? You can find me over on Twitter at AlexKozina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-N-A. All right, very cool. You can find me at Adam Gumby. Make sure to
0: follow our Twitter, at Responding Fire, just because let's get more people on there. Um, you're going to want to do that, because I might... Don't hold me to this because it might be too much work and I won't do it, but I'm thinking about doing a limited run like series on a game, um, like a limited event podcast thing, but I might not do it at all because I might get lazy, but you're going to want to be on Twitter to figure that out. So, thank you again, Alex. Thank you, everyone, for coming along, and um, I will leave you with this final word. I'll put it up this week. That's what Chad said. Goodbye. Good...